0: here with the wonderful Lindy Lee on what feels like the eve of her exhibition at the MCA. and I always tell the story that we both studied your work at university and for me I remember my lecturer Rex Butler bringing in a Lindy Lee artwork to our lecture on Australian art and me thinking oh my God, imagine owning a Lindy Lee. (laughs) This show has been such a long time coming, hasn't it? I mean, you've had a very long and illustrious career, but from the time that you found out that this show might be happening to now, a lot's gone on, hasn't it? It's been maybe two and a half
1: years now in the when it was first conceived. And what happened was I was in the Adelaide biennial a couple of years ago. Lizanne, who I've known, Lizanne McGregor, who I've known for quite some time, anyway, we, she saw the work and she was at the opening. And anyway, she was quite taken by it. She was very excited and she said, come for lunch. And I went for lunch and she said, what if the MCA have a really major survey show of your work? How do you feel about that? I couldn't believe it. And she was saying that she would curate it, which is an incredible honour. As Lizanne puts it, they don't let her out very often to curate. (laughs) But in this case, she's she's allowed out of her director's cage.
0: It's an incredible honour. This will take up the entire third floor of the MCA. The show will span from works from the mid-80s as well as works coming from various private and public collections, you've created a number of works specifically for the MCA show.
1: Yes, there are a number of new works, some very large firestones, which I'm excited to see because I'm fascinated with what nature can do and the hand of nature in making art. And I love the idea of the Philosopher's Stone, the Chinese Scholar rock which the Chinese revere because it takes the immense forces of the universe to crush these rocks and make these uh, unbelievably gnarled and um, rich shapes. So anyway, I wanted to do my own. So I made some experiments and so these fire stones are going to appear in the exhibition. So I'm excited about that. There will be a new work called Moonlight Deities, which will take up the entire room of one of the taller Uh, double-spaced galleries, and it's about the magic of moonlight, about the cyclical nature. It's about time. The Buddhist understanding of time is that it's not clock time, it's experience time. So usually we think of time as something that's dictated by by the 24-hour cycle, but that's just a concept. In Buddhism, time is actually impermanent. So it's the unfolding of every moment into the next. And so what I hope to create in this work is an experience of time slowing, of becoming absorbed into an experience and experiencing the passaging of time within yourself. The title, Moonlight Deities, is that in every moment that we're present to this moment, we are kind of a deity in this world. And also, I just
0: love Moonlight. I'm pretty excited about this work too. I mean, I've had the great pleasure of seeing it being made in your studio. And while you've made some pretty enormous work, in your time, Lindy, I'm thinking of, you know, the public works that we've seen in China and also at the front of the Art Gallery of South Australia, The Life of Stars, etc. But I think that Moonlight Deities is actually going to be your largest work to date, do you think? Uh, Yeah, because it,
1: it takes up room of 10 by 18 meters, something like that. So in terms of volume, that's huge. It's a fully immersive Lindy Lee experience, isn't it? We hope so. We spent six months in the studio constructing it and it was quite a technical feat. And I have two wonderful assistants, Zoe Bishop, who helped to do that. And it's actually made out of paper, these discs, Chinese ink perforated and casting a lot of shadow. And what I'm hoping is that there will be hardly any perceptive difference between shadow and material materiality of paper.
0: I think it's going to be one of those wow moments within the exhibition.
1: I'm impatient to see it come together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were talking a bit before, Lindy, about a work that you have recreated for the exhibition.
1: In about 1993, the Art Gallery in New South Wales had a program where artists could do a sort of temporary installation. I did a work called No Up, No Down, I Am the 10,000 Things. In the mists of time, that work got destroyed because it was just on at least 1,000 sheets of paper and somehow in the last 25 years it's been destroyed. It was really deceptive of Lizanne to have selected that work because it's a transitional work. So up until that point, I'd been working a lot with European uh, old master imagery There's something about my ancestral origins that I was really repressing and I ended up turning to Buddhist philosophy to try to understand my anxieties about identity and belonging and I ended up doing this work called No Up, No Down, I Am the 10,000 Things. At the time, it was a successful work but I remember a friend of mine who's a master came and said, It was a good work, but I needed to be more confident in my my calligraphy, as he called it, in my strokes, in my gesture. It's interesting because now it's some decades on and I've recreated it in my studio and I now know what it means. There's a kind of vigour and vitality now in the gesture. And when I recall doing the first No Up, No Down, there was a timidity. I was... You know, I was a lot younger, less experienced, and this that would have been my biggest uh, work to date. But now you have to be confident if you're going to fling molten bronze onto a foundry floor. So there's just something of that experience that now translates into no up, no down, I am the 10,000 things. So that's a bit exciting, and that's a great privilege to kind of revisit, and through that revisiting, actually understand the distance I've travelled, which is a marvellous thing, and that's what a survey show does. It allows the artist to understand something of the journey she's undertaken.
0: I know. We've had this conversation a few times, Cindy, over the last few months that you're realising just how much you actually do and have actually done and the different ways in which you work, not just in terms of materials but also in terms of collaboration working not only with people and foundries but also
1: with the elements as well. We have this joke, you know, Lindy likes to play well with others. It's really interesting. When I'm I'm working on the public art things and because I absolutely don't have the engineering skills, I don't have the physical and technical capacity to make these six and ten metre objects. So I've had to work collaboratively with UAP and that's been one of the most important creative opportunities in my lifetime because that work has allowed me to understand scale and space and the differences between private and civic spaces. And I can go on about it, but it's just taught me a lot. And the collaboration too is, um, you know, a lot of the work now, I, I live in a rainforest and the rain has been making these most delicious works for me and there's just something joyous about actually admitting and surrendering to something that is bigger than your control and that's what these rain paintings are about and the fire paintings you can really stuff it up easily by the way I mean, you know to do a rain painting is not actually that easy the principle seems to be uh, i perforate a lot of holes into very heavy paper leave out in the rain chuck ink in it. but there's a kind of diligence and listening that you have to do because you can actually overwork it if you don't have the patience to learn what is happening and to watch what is happening and not to impose yourself into that but just to kind of just see what it wants to do it becomes this really wonderful and liberating conversation. And now I can say such things as, I really love that work. That is so good because it's not about me. It's actually about this complete interaction that is beyond my control and yet these beautiful things happen. So it's a kind of meditation of being present to something as it expresses itself.
0: The last work I want to speak about, though, in the show is the largest. And if everything goes wrong with COVID, we'll still be able to enjoy this work, which is going to be placed out the front of BMCA. Lindy, can you talk us through its very long title and what this work means?
1: The long title is The Secret World of a Starlight Ember, but we call her Ember for short. In recent years, I have really worked with our relationship, the human relationship to Cosmos. And I like to explain it as you know, cosmos is the length, the depth, the breadth of everything that has occurred, is occurring now, and will ever occur in the future. And we can't extricate ourselves from the matrix of cosmos. We can't ever step outside that. And there is that kind of fanciful, or perhaps actual, thing that we are made of stardust. But the simple fact is, anyway, each human life. Each life is caused by the entirety of history. And I love that idea. Every individual life is the sum of everything that's ever occurred to this moment. And stars somehow come into that. So the secret life of a starlight ember is kind of about, in one sense, that internal and brilliant light that we all have should we care to look for it. And physically, it's a I think it's a five-and-a-half-metre sculpture that will be on the forecourt. It will be made from stainless steel, mirror-polished, perforated with probably 100,000 holes, which drives the people who fabricate it a little bit crazy. What I love about the material of stainless steel is that in the day, because it's mirror-polished, it kind of receives all of the imagery of the life around it. So on circular key, you will get the flash of seagulls, the ferries, the people toing and froing, sky, clouds, scudding. You know, but at night it will emit this really, I think, magical light. So I like this idea that in the daytime it receives, and in the evening it returns to the world
0: lindy does play well with others it is true and we have enjoyed playing with you for the last five years something like that yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's been one of the great joys of of having this gallery actually has been working with someone like you lindy lee and we'll all see that show soon enough thanks joe you've been listening to lindy lee whose exhibition Moon in a Dewdrop opens at the MCA at the beginning of October. We are all so incredibly excited about that exhibition. I'm sure it's going to be one of the highlights of this crazy old year for everyone who has the good fortune to be able to make it in to view it. And we realise that not everyone will. So if you can't make it to the MCA, you can try to make it to the MCA's website, mca.art, where you can experience virtual tours of Lindy's show, listen to interviews between Lindy and Lizanne McGregor, discussing the exhibition. There's all sorts of goodies there in store. If you want to learn more about our gallery head to sullivanstrump.com or you can listen to more podcasts by heading to spotify apple podcasts or wherever your kids are getting your podcasts these days i'm joanna strump thanks for listening see you next time